Hello, do not skip. Don't skip. Too much important stuff today. Too much really important stuff today to be skipping, in fairness now. Okay, so first things first, it's episode 44 with Football Index Guru. I loved it, I'm sure you will too. But the real juicy shit's about to happen. So first off, it's Big Daddy AC's birthday, so happy birthday Big Daddy AC, Big Daddy Cole. Without him this all wouldn't have happened, so Adam, fair play to you. Happy birthday, keep wearing those shirts. Um, he's one man who quarantine probably hasn't affected on the on the barber front, do you know? Um, I doubt Big Daddy AC is worrying about his hair. He probably does that at home. Um, Rick FI, I'm giving him a shout out. He constantly tags me in um, beginners who are looking for advice when they sign up on Twitter. He tags the, po- the podcast and I really do appreciate that, Rick. So everyone else, there's a few of you who do it. I really appreciate it. This guy's just been doing it for a long time and he does it regularly. Um, so from now on I might take a note of anyone who does it so if you see a beginner being like oh just need a football index guys what do I do anyone who mentions the podcast it is much appreciated because honestly this guy Rick probably is to blame for 100 people listening to this podcast um, God love them the next thing and I allude to it in this podcast uh, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to double down on it here in the intro um, I obviously record the intro after the podcast something that is sweeping football index by storm Maybe I'm, maybe I'm overstating it a bit. It, it's sweeping me, like it's not even sweeping me by storm, do you know. But I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna double down. Change your 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 football index name to High Wide and something. A few of my favorites that have have been clocked going through the ticker. Now there's a few hurtful ones, and behind that too, any publicity is good publicity. But a few of my favorites are High Wide and getting familiar with my right hand. That went through the ticker. We had a High Wide and had a handsome loss on Parejo. You motherfucker. Someone taking the piss out of my Parejo woes. Then we had High Wide and Firing Blanks. And High Wide and Hung Like a Horse. There's a lot of penis related ones there. Do you know, I'm gonna, I'm just going to have to get behind it. So I uh, I challenge anyone listening to the podcast. Go into your Football Index app. Go into your account details. You can change your name. It really doesn't matter. You can make that whatever you want. It's just what pops up on the ticker. So make it High Wide and something for me. <laughs> I find that hilarious. Then the last thing I suppose that I need to do is give a shout out to the sponsors of the show. Footstock. If you haven't tried Footstock, there's no better time to try it. You know, there's no football on, but they have these virtual tournaments run by real, like, sophisticated engines and historical data to produce match results. And based on those matches, they are paying out on their, their Footstock sort of tournaments. Uh, there are free rolls. You don't need to pay in, so you can give it a wee go with the free rolls if you want first. You sign up through my link in the description. You'll get 25 free cards. You'll also get a fiver cash balance. And, you know, like... You don't even need to make a deposit. It's beautiful. It's a thing of beauty. Anyway, look, I hope you're all doing well through this whole corona thing. I'm hesitant to say the end's in sight because realistically no one has a clue how long this will go on. But there's been some positive turns in the, the tide in Ireland recently in terms of numbers and in terms of potential things opening and stuff. But I still think we're a bit away yet. So sit tight, lads. Football will be back with us soon. In the meantime, just keep doing what you're doing and, you know play lots of games and relax and use the downtime you know anyway i'm chatting shite now so this is where i normally wrap up the intro when i start chatting shite have a great week and uh, i'll chat to you next week for another big podcast And now I'm joined by FI Guru, a.k.a. Johnny. Johnny, how's things? Not too bad, John. How are you? (laughs) 
Everyone's already confused. They're thinking John's talking to himself. What's <laughs> happening? It's the first time since FI Manager there's been a fellow man from the north of Ireland on the podcast. Probably have to put it on 75% speed to That's it. try and understand us when we go off on one. That's it. We'll end up just getting into the flow and saying some really weird like Northern Irish sayings like, if your granny had balls, she'd be your granda. And Jimmy just going off on it. <laughs> um, Johnny, tell us a bit about your football index story. Um, well, I was saying to you there, John, just before we started, um, coming up on Tuesday the 21st is my two-year anniversary on Football Index. So just, I think I saw literally a Twitter ad for Football Index. was a bit curious and um, stuck a tenner in and here we are two years later. Just built it up over time. Now I'm a student, so the portfolio is very small compared to some of the ones out there, but just being using what I have, putting a bit in here, a bit in there, withdrawing some when I need it, you know, putting a bit more back in mm. when it's on and just been working with it from there. So here I am two years later and loving it more than ever. Yeah, everyone's going to think you're FI manager because I'm pretty sure he's a student and he has a relatively small portfolio too. <laughs> um, you were telling me beforehand you'd look back to that first tenor you'd spent. Yeah. Well, do you want to do that now? Will we have yeah, a laugh? let's go for it. Brilliant. Yeah, so for people listening, it's been I've seen it a wee bit around Twitter and stuff recently, or I think I seen it in the Slack channel last night. We're recording on Friday. If you have any funny purchases from your first spend, let us know. But uh, do, do you want to take it away, Johnny, and let us know how you got on? Yeah. So my first two purchases were obviously AC Milan. We're playing this night. Were Patrick Cutrone and Bonaventura in the midfield for AC Milan. Ooh, Cutrone actually put, came out okay. It came out okay for Wolves, but also flicking back a few pages, I realised I literally held on to them for about a day, maybe two days max. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. T- took the loss and rolled with it. <laughs> and I, then, uh, after that, absolutely brilliant. Trent Alexander-Arnold. Boom. Still haven't sh- sold those shares to this day. At two pounds and three pence pre-share per future. Jesus, yeah. that's like, what, 68p or something? Yeah. Looking up now, the equivalent of a 7.42 at the minute, times by three, obviously, to that value in those days is 22.26, if we were still pre-share split. So, you know, £20 profit per share on those. That's <laughs> and then the other one like. was Jordan Henderson, uh, who's 1.43 now, so obviously pre-share split, that's 4.29. So, too good, too maybe not so good. Uh, yeah. For sure, I definitely held on to those trends, built it up over time. Um so I think I'm sitting about 700% profit on Trent. <laughs> Jesus Christ, yeah. And then uh, Hendo, I think I show, sold, and I've got a few back in now. But yeah, those are my mm. first four. Definitely don't have Cutrone after his time with Wolves and kind of yeah, forgot Bonaventura was a player. <laughs> yeah, the, the Cutrone one's a funny one. That went down in flames. I remember in FIFA last year, he was like one of the, I don't know if you play FIFA at all, but he was one of the, like, the upcoming stars or future stars. And I bought him based off that at some stage in this shambles of a transaction history um, but I didn't hold on to him until the Wolves yeah. move Well, that's um, funny because I remember you saying about one of your first podcasts buying all those future stars and I've been waiting for them all year to see if they'll come up again because I yeah. think I remember looking back at the prices and if you had done that and held all of them you'd be sky high because Trent and Joe Gomez and all mm. were in there and Hassan Awar yeah. that's how you pronounce it and ah oh geez, there's a few I'm going to sit here and rack my brain and like just stolen the podcast rage, but there were a lot of cracking players in that list. Yeah. I think it did come out like earlier this season, but it wasn't as I think I seen it 
and it wasn't as like inconspicuous as last year or something yeah. like the players were much more like oh well obviously he's a fucking future star he's borderline a star already yeah. whereas last Probably year I felt they were a bit there. more <laughs> yeah like literally like um, looking at my first purchases my transaction history so the first page here so I deposited 50 quid straight off the bat I bought two Sadio Mane nice. which for 10.48 pre-share split so six of them for 10.48 this money, I don't know what that is. I got Leon Goretzka. I think Byron were playing that night. Not bad. Um, David Brooks, two at eight oh eight, so four quid each, so six for eight oh eight. I don't know. I'm there, I bought a Mohamed Salah for thirteen eighty five, and I bought two Trent at seven eighty six, which would have been what six of them at whatever. So just over a quid per Trent. I actually held on to them through the share split and all, and, but I remember being kicking myself because I only had <laughs> six of them at like oh, 200% margin. I know. Um, it's a thing. And then, Especially with a small, small portfolio, I look back all the time and I'm like, you know, I tick to, tend to stick to about 30 shares of each player. And then mm. you look and be like, why didn't I go in on 50 of, yeah. you know, for example, Trent, who I'm sitting at 700% profit, but. You know, it suits my portfolio, it suits my size, and, you know, I know those are the 30 shares that'll always stay in there. Um, yeah. Trent's probably a player until something big happens with Liverpool and it all changes, that is going to be there, and well, for another year until those shares expire. <laughs> and how, how do you find it then, like, with the smaller portfolio, Um, like, are you happy enough whenever you're getting 60p in dividends or, like, 180 in dividends? Do you just, like... I don't know how to describe it because I know with me I tried diversifying more so that I had more players playing in different games and I had more interest in PB and MB rankings because more players were there but I found as I had less players like less shares in each player I, it just wasn't doing it for me in terms of the winning do you know the the actual amount you win per dividend win or do you yeah, kind like of view it in a different way obviously that's you know we would all love to have 10,000 shares in each player that yeah. we back and you know whether I have you know I think I've got about 50-60 players at the minute so if I were to bring that down to 30 you know I'm still only getting 60 shares Yeah. whereas you know if I keep my 30 double the amount of players I see it as you know there's double the amount of games so to speak for me to enjoy mm. and you know double the potential hopefully for me winning dividends because yeah. Hopefully I've researched all those players well. Because you see, I think it requires a lot of discipline because I know me and it's nothing to do with the budget necessarily because I know if I had 300 quid, if I had 500 quid, if I had a grand, I would probably be the type of person that would almost feel like I have to go like bigger on like five players because I just couldn't be dealing with the smaller amounts. But that's me just, I don't know, maybe I'm more of a fucking retrobate gambler or well, what but just looking at the portfolio now like i've got a 2.3 thousand portfolio so relatively small in terms of what people have um but i've won 705 pound in dividends in two years so yeah you know well, that's huge relatively speaking that's pretty pretty decent you yeah. know i would like to hope between media and pb i'm winning most days because of the yeah, yeah. players i've picked out so Yes, it's small, but it's a cumulative value, so to speak. Yeah, I think like it's it's another. I've kind of went off this this going through the the port, the first buys thing, but I might get back to that. But 
a huge conversation that maybe isn't touched on a pause that often, which we could actually talk about briefly, is kind of that portfolio size. Do you know, like, how many players do you hold? And it, it is, again, within reason, regard, it doesn't matter what budget you have, because um, it's all just percentages of your, your total pot, really. Now, obviously, if you've got tenor, a tenor there, there's only so many players you can buy with a tenor, so within reason. Um, but let's say any portfolio over, fi- over 500 quid, you can probably decide how many players you want to hold. Um, and you said you've got about 60. Yeah, looked it up here. It's 55 on the dot, so right in between 50 and 60. And do you, do you like that many? Have you, draw- have you had more in the past? Have you had less in the past? Um, I would say I probably filter between the 40 and 50 but then i was kind of building up to the euros all season you know taking my dividends reinvesting them in players that i thought would you know maybe aren't so great in the pb leagues but would have a good shot at the euros and then obviously that getting knocked back has Mm. turned that off a wee bit but then i've got another year to build those players up so it's all all in perspective i'm happy enough with where i'm sitting at now i would say um by the time football comes back, I'll probably go back down to 45 players because the way I've been building it up with my um, dividends for the last while is investing in you know what I hope will be the the transfers coming up where the media will come because we just don't know when football will be back. So I'm kind of looking at it. Can I preempt that next media buzz push? You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, in terms of like numbers of portfolio, I wrote a, like a very short article about. I kind of decided I was going to be Billy Big Balls um, early <laughs> in February, and go to five players. Um, I think I got about as far as eight before I said fuck this, but I wrote that for Football Trading Insights, which is Westy and Vespasian. They've both been on the podcast. They they run it with another guy who's somewhat anonymous. Um, so you should go and check that out if you're into kind of portfolio sizes and numbers of players and and what you get basically with more players and what you get with less players but i couldn't do less and it wasn't even the risk that got me it was the boredom and that's yeah. so like over the past um i kind of got back up to like 20 25 players that was kind of what i liked yeah. but now i'm sitting at like 32 because i made a couple of deposits really built it up then <laughs> yeah I, I made like i've made significant for me for me anyway very significant deposits in the past month and I already kind of held everyone I wanted to hold in certain players, so I've just been buying other ones that I really like the look of. Um, and I'm really, really excited for football to come back now because yeah, I know definitely. that I'm going to have players every most, most not most fixtures, most days. There's sort of silver days anyway. Um, well, that's what I kind of like about the, you know, 40 to 55 as I have at the minute. Like, you know, ultimately with a small portfolio, I'm not here to make millions. I'm here to, you know, make a bit of money here and there, but I'm here to add that level of enjoyment to my love for football. So there's no point in me having 10 players, you know, them all playing on a Saturday and then having no massive interest unless Liverpool are playing on a Sunday or a Friday or, you know, what's holding my interest in a Monday night fixture? Oh, well, I've got this player who's playing could win me, you know, a couple of pound in PB dividends. So, all adds to the excitement, yeah. I think. I love the like the PB rankings and you know just that kind of ah, oh, I just love them. I miss them so much. It's actually <laughs> hurting me deep here. You know, whenever your player gets a goal and you look and you know it's a game-winning goal and he's gonna leap up a fucking million points and you know other games are coming to the end and someone misses a big chance and yeah, oh, good times. 
<laughs> but just to go back to first first transactions, it's quite funny because I deposited at fourteen forty seven, so about ten to three in the day, and I lasted all of four hours until ten to seven that night before I made my second deposit of twenty quid. Fair, um, and then I made another deposit of a tenner the next the next evening. <laughs> um, fucking just I just kind of got hooked. I think I realized very quickly I needed a bit more money to yeah. um to to really make it like because i mean 70 quid then pre-share split you couldn't get a lot you probably could have got three neymars if you wanted yeah but um i was already that's that's the infamous thing i talk about bentaleb pentaleb where i bought them and i sold them there within about an hour <laughs> um i'd lost money and i'd already sold for Mino within like three days fucking disaster oh geez yeah a sale for me has just gone through. I've got a bit of a cash balance. <laughs> That's something to look forward to. Um, um, anyway, you were telling us about your football index story and we ended up going into, you joined two years ago and our first transactions. What's happened since? Well, I started in around, well, as I say, April 2018. So that's build up to the World Cup. Um, obviously, that was Salah's first season at Liverpool. And there was a stage in there where Salah literally won media buzz i think it was 30 or 40 days straight jesus christ at 5p a share um so my big deposits of course when the when i was like you know i could just put all the money i have into salah and i would be when i'm you know big money here but of course didn't do all that um just put a little bit in as we all should um and of course that was when Sergio Ramos decided to DDT Salah in the Champions League final and his price <laughs> fell off a cliff oh Jesus Christ so as a Liverpool fan it was heartbreaking enough to see Karius fumble the ball into his own net but That's then brutal. to look at Football Index and to see this money that you put in to kind of you know a bit of a bit of a risk is gamble effectively you know Salah being the sure bet and suddenly he's dropped you know 10 percent because you know all the talk was him going to the world cup bringing egypt through the group and you know he would have been collecting media for days but you know that was all up in the air i held on kept through it and then it was during the world cup that fi were running big giveaways every day so i think you had to buy 100 pounds worth of shares in a player to be entered and the minimum prize draw was a thousand pound for a day and on the final and semi-finals i think it was up to 10 25k i think they gave up a uh, hundred grand altogether so you know i was working part-time as students do over the summer and every week when the paycheck was coming in you know i was putting in a couple of hundred to make sure i was getting my entries in um mm. and of course, being from Northern Ireland, now I realise that that probably <laughs> there was probably zero chance I would actually like yeah. to go through and read through the small print. Um, <laughs> but um, that's what got me in, kind of semi big. I think it was up to three, three and a half k, and it across that summer, just you know, part time work, put some of my savings in, put my put my earnings in that I was getting, and then obviously the student loan came in, in September, and a bit of that went in, and you know. Um, so that was kind of the max I reached three and a half k, and then, um, 
I got engaged last uh, last May, so Yahoo! bit of money came out for a bit of a ring there and things like that. So I'm down kind of where I am now. I think, well, retrospectively speaking, of my own money, you know, thinking of profit, I probably got only you know three hundred pounds of my own money in there. So if I was to look at my net spend across the two years now, I think I've only got three hundred and fifty pounds. Um, of my own money there all the rest of my 2000 you know my 2000 is profit there so that's kind of bad is it <laughs> it's for, remarkable like roi isn't it for me considering insta sell everything when mosella was ddt'd um definitely glad i held in there and kept going i was having a ball then like i'm not a liverpool supporter but obviously i would i love i wanted them to beat madrid like but me and the lads had actually booked like a lads weekend away to liverpool yeah. earlier than the year so like six months before and we booked everything accommodation the whole shebang and then liverpool ended up going on this mad run to get into the champions league <laughs> final and it was we were in liverpool over the champions league final weekend Brilliant. um thank god we did accommodation and flights and all booked beforehand yeah and it was fucking insane but we actually were in weatherspoons for like 12 hours that day absolute disaster you know like the third day of the holiday everyone's hung over we're getting a taxi and say mate just bring us the food and drink and he dropped us at this weatherspoons we had like three meals in there and we're getting pints delivered to the table <laughs> and going crazy but it was a bit shit whenever liverpool lost do you know I'm sure it was just a pure diner across the city yeah we were expecting the crazy night in liverpool and it still was but it was mainly men drowning their sorrows yeah. and fighting instead of hugging each other and i don't know that's the thing i would have i would have loved to have been there um last year when obviously we did lift it and you know that bus open top bus tour mm. through the city would have been you know I think it was the morning after so if things had been reversed and we had a one at the year before you would have been there for that and all and i know something you would never forget but um, yeah i haven't been to liverpool in a few years now it's so hard to get tickets and it was it was easy funnily enough in 2008 2009 when we were crap but now that yeah. we're on a bit of a winning run it's yeah. impossible to get tickets so it's been a what few about years like away games been. is it can you go to, to away games any easier or is it still rough see it's all based on how many home games you've been to what qualifies you to get tickets so um i went to they played in dublin was that last year or the year before as the year before they played atletico bilbao went down to the viva to watch it and the year before that they played barcelona at wembley and went to that you know the games i could get yeah. to but missing missing the Anfield experience funnily enough I was actually chatting, chatting about it with my dad the other day the last game in Anfield I was at was against Leicester the year before Leicester won the league mm. and it's a game that people herald as the start of their you know rise to glory because oh at yeah that, at that stage I think it was it was possibly New Year's Day um at that stage they were rock bottom of the league certain to go down um, you know they hadn't won a game in like eight. Liverpool go two 0 up, and then, you know, in the la- in the second half, Leicester score two late goals to bring it back to a draw, and then go on this great winning run for the rest of the season and stay up, and then win the league the next season. So, when you think of how crazy that is, I know. Like imagine Villa. Oh, that's maybe a bit crazier, but like imagine Villa winning the league next season. <laughs> like, fucking hell. That's crazy. Um, so in terms of your trading you've said to me before that you have a bit of a, a money ball theory do you want to go into that a bit yeah so um obviously 
watched the Moneyball movie a few years ago. You know, good story. The underdogs, you know, similar to Leicester, you like to you like to see the underdogs doing well unless it puts your team in in jeopardy. But you know, we all love that underdog story. But when you really look into it, I found you know with a small portfolio, just something that really suited my trading style. So, as I said, I kind of go around that forty to fifty uh, player portfolio size typically. Um, and I'd say probably about 10 of those are just permanent in there. You know, they're the kind of media holds, you know, the Neymars, Messi's, um, Pogba's now, all those sort of things. And they just stay in there, collect the consistent sort of dividends. But the kind of 40, 30 to 40 other players, I kind of look for true value in PB. So um, I know we've got a question coming up later about what I bring in from FPL haven't done quite well a few seasons ago um, and I kind of look at that 6 to 8 fixture range you know someone when people are looking for the 30 day IPD boost and they're thinking oh this person's got 3 great fixtures at the end of the month I'm hopefully already in there I'm looking 3 weeks before that okay in 6 weeks 8 weeks time they've got a run of 3 good fixtures can expect a few goals can expect a few good scores and I'm you know looking at that so in terms of Moneyball it's looking at those teams, looking at whose value rather than, okay, well, you know, Leon are playing, so I'm going to buy Depay. Whereas if you look at those fixtures and see, okay, well, you know, Bertrand Traore's pulled out a few good peak scores here. He's a bit of a lower price than Depay and, you know, really trying to make my money work, um, you know, in my time in lockdown. Um, been trying to, you know, read a bit more on things, so started reading Soccernomics and, uh, it's a great book for understanding how the economics of football work. Not really too transparent to football index, but one thing it took away is that if you're looking to improve a team, instead of just buying a star and trying to fit them into you know an average team and make it all work, what will normally work best is you know looking at the third, fourth lowest earner in the team and trying to improve them by you know five, ten thousand. And if you do that, uh, if you improve from the bottom then you you know the team's going to perform better so I, if i look at my portfolio um i've got those stars up there there's no point me trying to with my limited budget trying to put in you know i just kind of skipped the whole bruno fernandez thing to me it was very risky and um, some people make great money off it but i wasn't looking to add you know another big asset to the top of my portfolio instead of that i was looking okay bruno fernandez is gone now people might start looking to portugal to the eredivisie who are the kind of players below bruno fernandez that i can bring into my portfolio that people might look at oh bruno fernandez came to the league did quite well okay well here's you know the psv wingers you know what if one of them were to come and you see a random bit of speculation and you know next thing there's a 10 20 percent price jump so i'm just kind of looking at that value looking at the stats rather than you know one score you know billy bean or johnny depp in the movie um <laughs> you know he's pulling together this really strange team uh for baseball don't look like baseball players um but their stats were everything that he wanted so in terms of that i'm looking for a good base score with you know quite regular jumps into peaks 
Um, mm. So that's what I would typically look for. So one of the best examples of that was Joseph Belichich. You know, yeah. 31 years old, doesn't look like your traditional FI hold, but looked at it, strong base, lots of good attack and play at Atlanta. A lot of people had tried Gomez before, had enjoyed him, but then were like, he's a bit old for me. Um, I got on Ilicic for roughly seven, 60, 70 P. He's now up about 180, I think. I'll need to double yeah, check he that. Is, yeah, he's in but around that. in that time, he's won me four, three or four gold days and Starman's. So he's already returned his value in dividends just by picking him out from an unfavorable age, you know. Age range. Yeah, it's that kind of thing. I could go off on a big tangent there, but I don't want to cut you short. Do you want to no, finish? Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> the big tangent there is the age thing, right? It's funny, Football Index posted about Daniel Parejo yesterday. Um, of course he did. They posted something themselves. <laughs> and it was funny, I looked and they had like eight comments under it and eight of them were poking fun at me. Every Just different people tagging right. me, ripping me out, you fucking bastards. Um, <laughs> but then I actually, it made me look at him again and I was actually amazed at how low he's gone. <laughs> like, I haven't bought him, I, I, I've been burnt once, I'm not getting involved. But as a conversation point, it'd be interesting to see, like he's at one seventy-ish now, I think, maybe one eighty after football index pump on him. Yeah. I don't actually know, um, yeah. but anyway, he's in that bracket. At what stage does he kind of become value again? Do you know, like at what stage does he have the potential to earn his career dividends? If that's what everyone's into when players get to that age, like two seasons, five or six PB wins a season, maybe. Um. I well, mean, he could be getting close. I don't know. We've seen it before. He has the potential to get those wins. I've just looked him up here. 179. Hit a peak. 328. In, you know, September, start of the season time. And just hasn't clicked this season. I think that's true with Valencia, you know. Um, yeah. It comes down to, does this player suit, and their team, suit what we're scoring? Yeah. Uh, what we're looking to score against so you know Parejo by everyone's mind you know should have come out and won PB five six times this season based off last year but just Valencia's form maybe playing in the Champions League which they hadn't done for a few seasons before put that bit extra pressure and mm. you know just their whole season in general suffered and that's led to you know the nearly 50% drop in Parejo there but um I heard you say about uh, lifetime dividends there. I kind of have a slightly different look on it. So I kind of look six years into the future with those kind of longer term holds. Of course, the likes of Elicic, you know, I'm not saying Elicic is going to be banging them in for Atlanta at 37, especially with his play style. But for example, if I'm looking um, someone kind of in the mid range, you know, 25, 26, you know, do I expect them during their life, their dividends over lifetime? Maybe not. But what I'm looking at, I'm looking at a three-year hold. So for me, I'm looking at what price I'll be able to sell in three years' time. Um, in three years' time, obviously the price is going to be settled at what people want to buy them for, and they'll be looking three years into the future. So I kind of look at it as a six-year. You know, where can I imagine him being? Because I want to sell to someone in three years' time, or you know, take the hit and sell and rebuy and put another three years on so six years into the future what can i expect from them 
you know, for example, if you look, lots of people are starting to say, for example, Sancho, and I'm just picking him out because he's top of the index. You know, his 12, 71 or whatever he is, too expensive for Sancho. Is he overvalued compared to Neymar? Things like that. But if I look six years into the future for Sancho, what I see is in the next six years, might be this summer, but there's going to be a transfer there. We know that. He said he doesn't want to stay at Dortmund for the rest of his career. Probably coming to the Premier League, big media. Um, then you look, you know, even if he stays, he wins dividends at Dortmund for PB. Um, and for England, you know, such a talent. He's in the squad. He's going to pull out performances. We've got a Euros next summer, a World Cup the year after. Then you've got another full cycle within the next six years. So... For Sancho to have two Euros and two World Cups before six years, you know, um, we saw the prices inflate with the thought of the Euros coming up. You know, that's going to happen in three years' time. When we're looking at the next Euros, people are going to buy who's going to do well at the Euros. Oh, Sancho's one of England's best players. I've got to take that into consideration when I'm looking. Not necessarily do I think he's going to win £12 in um, dividends, but it's the potential that's there after that. Mm. It's... Something that you need to think about as well, I suppose that you're th- that you are thinking about that people often maybe th- miss with the career dividend thing is, it's like yeah, it's easy to look at Parejo and think yeah, he's thirty one, um, in three years he's thirty four, he could retire. I mean, players are playing a bit longer now. I mean, he could end up playing to thirty five, thirty six. You don't, I don't know. Maybe he can't. Maybe he can't. But um, that's I'm not in sure three if years' time. Record and things, but <clears throat> yeah, know, that's kind exactly. of like, taken into consideration. He might not be able to do that, but. I mean, let's say he plays to 34, three years. What will he be worth then? He's probably not going to be worth nothing unless he retires. He'd probably be worth something. If dividends have been increased by that stage and he's a dividend guy, blah, 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 the platform grows. I mean, the, the thing I struggle with, uh, the career dividend thing, and I do think it's very valid for many reasons, and I think it's good for attributing rational value to players, and I think as the market grows, it'll become more and more important. It's the unpredictability of the future, and that's the big flaw with it. And everyone acknowledges that this isn't groundbreaking stuff. It's the unpredictability of dividend payouts in the future of players' careers. You never know what's going to happen. But just it's interesting there, just looking at him. And again, this looks like I'm trying to hone this in on Daniel Parejo, <laughs> but it's just because I had this stuff out in front of me before we went on there. He actually has won six position wins this year. Uh, three star men. He's a yield of like 17.32%. And his five top scores are 349, 262, 232, 228, and 225. Is that this season or this calendar year? That's 1920 season, according to Index Game. Do you know? And when you think of that, for a player playing in a struggling Valencia team, that's fucking insane. Do you know? But then, there's risks there too. Yeah, it's I'm not getting burnt again, lads, lads. I'm trying to convince <laughs> myself to buy Daniel fucking Parejo again. Someone stop me. <laughs> well, that's the thing. Whatever player you're looking at, there's gonna be there's gonna be potential upside. There's gonna be potential downside for you. You know, realistically, it's a trading platform, betting platform. In your time with Daniel Parejo, say you're down thirty percent. You know, if over your lifetime you're looking to make money on Daniel Parejo, are you gonna be looking to make that thirty percent back? If you go back into them, are you going to make it, look to make another 10%? You know, someone at 31 who, ha, even though he's had those proven dividends this season, has gone down. You're looking at that. Okay, if he were to win eight wins instead of six, that would be incredible. But does that mean his price is going to 
you know, only go down a little bit. And it's when up those positives and negatives that makes the platform what it is, you know. We say mm. we say, are there any losers on football index? But if you look through your trade transaction history, while we're winners overall, there are losing bets in there. You know, you've got your Parejo one for me, you know, well I stuck with Salah that time, but Salah took a big lump. If I had a jumped out there I would have made a big loss. You know, um another one for me was Sergio Ramos. I remember buying into him. Um he'd just come off the back of scoring penalties in consecutive games and I thought penalty taken centre back, you know, he's gonna roll in the PB dividends and just over the next few months nothing came. He didn't score penalties didn't take them um you know he'd maybe score a penalty but still not win pb and his price dropped you know i lost on that bet there are losers in there just not in my overall trading time so yeah i know what you mean everyone's going to make a bad bet or a good bet that loses um it's it's about making more good ones and bad ones or more winning bets and losing bets because again good and bad bets very subjective and yeah the money ball theory did we cover it all or was there anything you were going to go off on before i interrupted you no i think that's about it you know it's just that identifying identifying where your means are at you know with a smaller portfolio trying to pick out value at my end of the market which is obviously going to be lower because i've got less money in it you know if we're looking at some of the guys you've had on the pod before big don doesn't matter what price they are if he sees their value going up you know he's going to buy in he's got the money there to do it um you know the equivalent of the the new york yankees or man united whereas you know <laughs> the oakland a's that that's me here you know with little money yeah. trying to get the most value that i can that's it great movie by the um, way if you haven't watched it, it is on netflix at the minute it actually lockdown. is really good yeah if and i think most people who listen to this podcast would be big into it if you haven't watched Moneyball, go watch it on netflix <laughs> you've nothing else to be at lads well Stop the big question i problems. have is john have you finished <laughs> tiger king yet <laughs> i finished tiger king that's it. I finished Tiger King. <laughs> I think, like, what a fucking crazy show. Yeah. I just, I said this like a week or two ago. I just don't get how people like that exist in this world. You think we're all relatively normal until you see, yeah, Joe Exotic. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, yeah, Joe Exotic. I was gonna make a joke there that was a bit cruel, so I decided to bite my tongue. But um, <laughs> yeah, there's a. It's fucking insane. Um, apparently, there's another episode out. I haven't yeah, watched it. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, but I hear it's just Arguably. talking to the people again, so I don't yeah. know, I'll have to watch it at some point. I might give it a watch later today. Um, look, we'll move on to a bit of a current issue. The the spreads, um, I know we were talked, I talked about them a fair bit at Stanford on last week's podcast, so we'll not dwell too long, but it has been something that's been all over my Twitter timeline anyway, and people just debating it constantly. Maybe I'm seeing it more than others because people are tagging Stanford and me because of the podcast and stuff, but... It seems like it's still a fairly hot debated topic. Do you have any opinions on the current spreads either way? Um, well, obviously, I think everyone, unless people were trying to get money out when um, they made the announcement that football was cancelled, were glad that they were there. You know, certainly it probably saved us a lot of big drops happening, especially in those PB players. Um, you know, people looking at a 40% spread and thinking, you know what, I'll just stick it out. FI has been good to me in the past. I'll keep it in. But now, you know, well, we've been locked down four weeks, so football was cancelled a couple of weeks before that. Six weeks in and the spreads are still the same. What really needs to be happening, 
in my opinion anyway, is we've got to try and start bringing those closer. It's probably an FI's interest as well, because obviously they'll make money off the instant sale. You know, for example, if someone wants to get out of Sancho, I'm not sure who would really would at the minute. And, you know, if that spread were down at 20% instead, you know, they might say, okay, I need the money out. I can take a hit at £9 instead of 6 50 or whatever and decide to jump out at that point. Um, whereas, you know, FI would then be buying a Sancho share back at £9. You know, when football comes back, you know, these prices are going to start booming again. They'll be able to resell that back to traders, make money. Um, obviously, we all want to see FI doing well, making their profits so that they can do things like the deposit bonuses. Um, it's probably about time now with the talk of Germany, France coming back to football that we start seeing, you know, just little closings of those spreadings, you know, spreads, maybe 2%, 3% a day, just to try and get them back up to a reasonable rate. Then when football comes back, you know, try and work it where we've got a closer spread mm. because it was... It was a hot topic even before, you know, COVID came and took over our lives. You know, is 10% too much of a base spread, you know, hitting 12, 14% at times? You know, would more people sell and would FI get more commission if the spreads were a bit closer? That's something, you know, this is the perfect time to try when football comes back. You know, why not try a spread at 3% for a match day and see if you're getting that liquidity in and out that's going to make that money off commissions instead? Because when it comes to order books, in however long that takes, we're probably looking at a point where instant sales will fall big time. So, you know, something that looking forward to order books, you're probably looking to reduce those spreads because if people get used to spreads, then when it comes to order books, you know, they're maybe looking at a point where, okay, well, you know, normally I'm used to seeing 10% difference between the buy price and the sell price. So, we're going to keep it at that for our, you know, orders that we're putting in, different things like that. So I think it's the perfect time coming out as, you know, things will be changing over the next few weeks as we're coming out of lockdown and back to football and different things like that. So, you know, that's the perfect time to try and experiment with different things for FI, in my opinion. I think they've almost missed an opportunity in a way. Um, that's just something I've thought about. Now. I haven't really thought about it during the week. Um, I do this a lot in the podcast. The like they've the market has boomed in a way. Like yeah. it has really done well over the past week or so. Um I don't think saying the boom is an understatement. Like I'm up two percent in the last day. I mean that that's huge. Like For that really is no football on a football platform. Exactly. What I think like if they had I think that ninety five percent of football index users, people who use it and who are religiously on it, I'm not talking someone who only joined two weeks ago and stuck fifty quid in. I'd say 90-95% of us would have been happy with a bit of a plateau in the footy and in the market growth. And if everyone was just kind of like hovering along nicely, no one's really losing much, no one's really winning much. The occasional spike in a player, the occasional drop based on media, that's great. But overall, the market wouldn't have had to be growing massively for us to be content. I think that's fair to yeah, say. Definitely. you know, like During coronavirus, I think that's fair. So, if Football Index had tapered back the spreads at a, at a, a relative sort of... The amount of growth we've seen over the last few weeks, if they had tapered the spreads back in line with that so that it kind of equalised out, does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. 
if they obviously have a lot more data than I do, so if they had tried to taper the spreads back at a rate that would almost counteract that growth but keep it flat and not declining, they would be able to taper the spreads back bit by bit by bit and it might have went a bit more under the radar then what's going to happen inevitably is that they're going to have to pull them back quite drastically in a shorter space of time when football comes back whereas if they'd have been doing it bit by bit while the market's kind of growing with the as people will call it a false market with the deposit the net buys bonus and all the rest that's going on um five places media the double dividends they had before if they'd have been chipping away the spreads then it would have been yeah. much easier and the market wouldn't have reacted as badly to the spreads so, being reduced. Does yeah, that like, make sense? Yeah, like we're recording this a week before the deposit bonus comes in. You know, the market has been booming. You've been saying you've been making 2% a day there, roughly, or, well, yesterday anyway. Just, yeah, just the last day. But other you days know, have been all right too, like. You know, say between 1% and 2% a day. If you were, say, instead of that 1% to 2%, if you were making half a percent a day, or a quarter of a percent, your portfolio value is still going up. You're still winning those dividends. As football index traders, with no football on, you know we're going to be happy with that. Whereas now, if people aren't worrying about their net buys, net sales anymore, because they've got their bonus money in, and suddenly, you know, you have someone sitting there that you plan to go with for the euros, and then suddenly his um spread drops from 40 percent to 10 percent in the space of a week two weeks you know of course you're going to get out and maybe get back in around christmas time when you're starting to think about you know um next summer or the summer after for the world cup it's a natural thing to do as a trader is when you see an opportunity elsewhere to you know take a bit of a loss it's that kind of um can't remember the term is it opportunity cost opportunity cost yeah yeah so like if that spread suddenly reduces and someone that you're not massively keen on um now that the circumstances have changed and you see german players booming because the bundesliga is coming back or french players booming you know you're more likely to take that hit and ultimately traders will lose a bit of money or those premier league players or Serie A players or la liga players they're they're going to take that hit and everyone who has you know stayed true will will feel that so I feel it I feel they've missed an opportunity as well in terms of you know when the feedback was there from before all this happened about spreads being a bit high could we have taken it down a bit gradually so when football comes back you know you don't have those concerns because hmm. you've brought the spreads back maybe to five percent four percent whatever they felt was necessary the other thing that I'm very cognizant of, though, is that it's all very well me and you sitting here in our bedrooms on a microphone <laughs> saying to each other about how FI should taper back the spreads, but obviously they're all sitting there in their little conference calls every day, their Skype calls or their Zoom meetings discussing this stuff. Yeah. And there has to be a reason it hasn't been done. Like, there has to be a reason because they have to... would like to think so anyway. <laughs> they have to be having this debate as well. And you'd have to imagine they have some trader's input, some trader panel or some, some people's input on it. They have to be doing these things. And I'm not saying, like, you have to be doing this as in they probably aren't and trying to have a go at them. No, like, I have 100% faith they have to be doing this. And I suppose then, is it too much to ask in terms of transparency? Is it too much to ask? And this isn't me, like, being sarcastic. Genuinely, is it too much to ask them to be very transparent about why the spreads aren't reducing? 
and come out and make a statement or send an email or something and say our plan with spreads is this we're waiting for this 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 that to protect your money and that that protect the platform that we love and blah 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 people will get into that too yeah but is that um, too much i don't know i suppose it's the kind of thing you know they could bring out a statement saying here's what we thought of spreads in the meantime we're going to stick with them at 40 percent when things change then you never know later that afternoon the bundesliga could announce okay we're starting football again in three weeks and then you know that all suddenly changes and they get a bit of grief because spreads aren't maybe just reducing on bundesliga players and not premier league players so you'd like to think they're talking about it and giving out all the options but obviously as a growing company now I suppose they're trying to protect their own coffers and keep a bit of money in the company and they're maybe looking ahead to next week about how much money they're going to have to be paying out and keeping yeah. an eye on that so the, they know stuff we don't but what yeah. I'd be worried and I don't think it's out of the realms of possibility based on past occurrences what I really just don't want to happen because it'll be a fucking shitstorm is if they just drop them to 25% say and don't say anything and all of a sudden, coming in the Slack channel, coming on Twitter, coming on Facebook, coming on uh, the forum, spreads are 25%. Look, spreads are 25%. And then, obviously, I get a few sales, and that's fine, but people will feel pissed off that there was no, I don't know, communications about it. Or let's imagine they just did it out of nowhere. Like they, I don't think they could or would. I don't think it's even possible, but spreads are back to normal. Like Imagine they just did that without any comms or anything about it. Like People would be at work for the day, and they'd come home, and their portfolio would potentially be decimated the, what they're probably going to end up doing is tapering them back slowly or tapering them back a bit more aggressively but having another bonus of some description or another incentive after this one i would imagine extend media madness or um make bigger media payouts or yeah. probably not because football will be back a big deposit bonus or some giveaway or do you know yeah, it's it's the thing they're obviously talking about, and um, you know, as long as I've been on the platform, each announcement that's come, the feedback has always been, you know, where's the communication? Why aren't we hearing more of this? You know, it didn't suit me when you announced it. You know, it's something they have got better at over the two mm. years I've been here. Anyway, um, I'm sure you've noticed it's maybe got a bit better in the past year and a couple of months, but. There's always that room for improvement and what might be ideal for us, obviously, Big AC, Big Daddy. Um, Big Daddy, and, cool. Um, all the rest of the guys and, well, I was going to say FI Towers, but FI Bedrooms now. Um, <laughs> they're just yeah. not getting the, you know, they can, they can see the they can see the books. They, they know, maybe they do know that, okay, we're going to drop spreads big time, but we're going to give, you know, double dividends for the first month of um football being back or you know we're going to increase ipds to 60 days or you know these kind of things that could happen conceivably and we just don't know what's coming so it's hard to know while speculating you know probably it's the kind of thing you can look back at when the spreads have reduced and maybe they have brought out a bonus because if spreads were redu reduced and they gave us another you know extended dividends um or a deposit bonus i don't think there are going to be too many people complaining there'll probably be you know the few who'll have their opinions well why couldn't they have told us they were going to do this and but you know they've obviously got a plan going forward the business is doing well so 
you know, we've just got to be happy with that as traders and hope that they're bringing the platform in the way that it should be. Yeah, the bottom line, I suppose, for me, just to close off on that, I've deposited, as I've already said, a significant amount of money for me in the last month. Again, nothing I can't afford to lose it is gambling, but, I mean, I've complete confidence they'll do the right thing. I mean, I think it's a really hard one. Again, what we all need to remember with Football Index is they're the first of a genre. They're unprecedented. They are... No one's been in this situation before. There's no one they go to for advice here. They're just winging it and trying to do the best they can. So I have faith that whatever they do, even if it's not the best that can physically be be done, I'm sure they're putting in 100% effort and it'll be a good effort, whatever it is. So I'm I'm happy. And you all should be too. Um, We'll go on to some questions now. Yeah. For everyone listening, the way I'm going to do this is because... Uh, Johnny here is on both Football Index and Footstock. I'm going to leave the Footstock questions to the end. Um, I might, if I remember, put a timestamp on the bottom. So if you're a Footstock person and you're here, you could go and listen to just that bit. But you should listen to it all because we're hilarious and very intelligent. Uh, We'll go through the Football Index side of it first. (laughs) Um, MCRABC has asked from Twitter. um, I Actually, do you know what? The form listeners are going to kill me this week. I forgot to post to the forum oh. for questions and a lot of my really good questions come from the forum they, because they've more characters and yeah. they actually really put thought in. So lads, I'm a dick. I'm sorry. That's all <laughs> I can say. Give me a lot of great engagement well, over last my, week. My guilty announcement is that um, I'm, I've never been on the forum so it's somewhere I'll maybe have to go and have a look and you know maybe jump in this week and stick out a wee thread and if there's anyone that felt they had a question they wanted to ask me and uh, I'll maybe start a wee thread and see if people want i can use those um extra characters and maybe fill it out a bit more so absolutely we'll as, make a, up for as that. a sorry <laughs> as a sorry to the forum community everyone go enjoy the forum and whenever you sign up change your username from new user whatever to your your name people give you actually respond to you then that's a, <laughs> that's a top tip a lot of people don't and it's just new user three four five six two and then no one even though they've been you. on for three years and yeah. know what they're talking about and <laughs> exactly exactly but MCR ABC has asked, I like to trade trends, but I'm currently holding a large cash balance. Usually about now, I'd be trying to judge the bottoming out of PB slash IPD holds, but the spreads have protected prices and reduced opportunities. Trading potential announcements seems the likely outcome. Thoughts? Yeah, well, I suppose that's the other side of it. When, the, when they put the spreads on, we haven't seen the big dips, which, you know, the people who have the cash balances or you know know they're going to hold for the long term they'll miss out on those opportunities um what i would say is i think you posted out on twitter was it last week um the list of the top drops from index gain in the last 90 days i did yeah it was interesting like there are still plenty of opportunities out there of prices that mm-hmm. have dropped and your mate danny Parejo was one of them um yeah so you know what i would say is there's always opportunities if you look for them if you know where to find them um you know even thinking to what's coming out try and preempt the market so you know i've been using my time reading as i said reading a bit of soccernomics i've started you know uh, the mixer and things like that been listening to a few more podcasts you know try and get those that bit of insight that little bit of extra nuance that you can spot the value so you know i was out in the run this morning um, listen to a podcast and they're talking about when football might return and you know there's 
a few announcements that you might get ahead if you're listening to those extra things so you know they're talking about making a decision the 29th of april and then clubs have said that they're looking four weeks um to get fit so if you think of that we could have you know the bundesliga back by the end of may which would be six weeks away um if in four if in two weeks time they make that announcement you know bundesliga players are going to go up if you pick the right bundesliga player look at the stats people are going to look at you know there are the opportunities there just get ahead of the time is what i would say yeah i I agree i think like there's, there's different ways to play this here because i think a lot of the pb holds had bottomed out i think they're actually lifting a lot in the last few days um there are trends there is a trend at the minute i don't even know what to call the trend um but like i've bought in the last a deposited as i've said a significant amount <laughs> and of my life i bought one two three four five six seven eight nine nine players nine new players in the last sort of five three or four days and it, only one of them isn't up he's level the rest of them are up 10p 8p 4p 2p 4p and all those players to be honest with you are all sort of under 23 with the potential they've shown the potential to be a good pb player um now i don't know how the pb players further up the the age brackets are faring but i mean these kind of younger guys who either have a potential transfer who've shown high peak scores who are outperforming their shitty team all those things they're all doing amazing and i don't know if that's a, probably a trend because i just i've, I've the watch list as a few others that have just been going because that seems to be all i see all over the timeline at the minute everywhere yeah, well if you think of it like you know we're going to a point of the season where players have had their big break where maybe you know maybe there won't be a big massive summer break there might be three weeks and then the season could start again to try and get all fitted in but you know players have had eight weeks off and well premier league wise i'm not sure what way the other leagues are there are only nine games left for a lot of clubs you know there isn't much to play for you know they're sitting mid-table safe from relegation they're not going to make it into the europa league you know and the likes of bundesliga you know our manager's going to give their younger players more opportunity are they going to make their younger players the focal point of the team are they going to build the team around them and it's those kind of things that you know if you consider if you spot early you know maybe you watch the first game and you um yeah i don't know if you saw but i, I wrote a piece with uh fi tactical nick and you know he's a great expert in looking at how the team could change by you know changing players so if you spot a team and think you know what for example they've got this 22 year old and the manager shifted him into the number 10 role and he's absolutely running play and he's getting shots on goal and he's getting crosses in and he's creating key passes and all those different things if you spot that early you know get in on it i think the thing here to answer that question is trading potential announcements seems the likely outcome you're probably right i think there'll be a lot of money moved about on these announcements and i think that's a very valid tactic you know but i also think there's a very valid argument for putting money into players now and hoping that the market just keeps going and you're getting everyone at a discount <laughs> like there's kind of well, two sides to it yeah i mean the, the market could come back down at some stage but at the minute it's booming so i mean over the past week or two i've been putting every penny i have into players um and i haven't been holding much back for announcements but i think both are very valid and you could do a bit of both well i think a way to think about it as well is you know mostly across the uk people are stuck inside but they're also getting 80 percent of their wage for sitting inside 
doing index game research 16 hours a day you know there are people that are going to take those opportunities they'll get their 80 percent of their pay in and they'll think well i didn't have to pay for my tube ticket this month didn't have to put petrol under the car you know didn't go out to eat anywhere they've got extra money sitting aside so you know even trading payday to payday i always find you know some of my biggest days in the index are you know over that payday weekend at the end of the month because people are getting that money in um so trade announcement announcement yes there are going to be announcements about when football's coming back we do know football will come back at some point you know if we're looking at for example we've talked about him already so i'll bring him up again parejo he's 31 if it is another six months you know that'll have a bigger impact on him at 31 you know if you're looking below 23 across their 10 12 years that they have left in their career six months you know that's a bad hamstring injury that won't affect someone massively yeah there'll be a bit of a drop but we always know we see it with the injury market you know they're out for six months but they'll take that dip at the start and then they'll start rising again so what i would say is probably don't wait to the announcement try and preempt it because everyone's waiting on the announcement of the first league we can make good predictions you know it's a speculative market yeah um you know we're thinking lifetime dividends or whatever we like to say but that's all in the future we can't see exactly what's going to happen so don't wait for the solid try and trade on what you think will happen use your knowledge use your skill base whether it's looking at data it's looking at teams playing you know try and use that to preempt the rest of the market because realistically you're competing against other traders you're trying to sell to them at higher at a higher price than you bought for so you know you've got to try and be ahead of the game with them so that's the way i kind of look at it yeah so as all all leagues are going to come back they're all going to have like a league isn't going to have more fixtures because it comes back earlier yeah they all have the same amount of fixtures anyway it's just when they're played now albeit if one league is announced that it'll be back three weeks before every other league everyone will be all excited and want to be involved in the pb rankings and blah 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 yeah so i get that there'll be rises off that but rationally if you really just look at it the amount of games they're all going to play will be the same they are all going to come back yeah they should all get their own bounce um well we, we again, move on if someone starts three weeks earlier sorry i know you're going to move oh, on no, there, work away. if someone starts three weeks earlier they're going to finish three weeks earlier than say la liga so if you buy into La Liga players and they announce, okay, Spain, we're not coming back um, until the middle of June and they're three weeks behind Germany or whatever, um, you know, there'll be three weeks of La Liga football where they've got their single match days, double match days all to themselves at the end when this is all over. So, you know, they're all going to get their games played. I think UEFA bringing out the announcement saying that, you know, um, if you make your league null and void, you know, I would risk your status in Europe next year and Champions League, Europa League. I don't think teams are going to go for that. So it's it's all of, you know, picking your time um, and seeing what you think. And, you know, either way, football will be there. They'll get those games. And, you know, you just have to take advantage of when. You might get luckier. You know, everyone's thinking Germany at the minute. You never know. France might come out and say... Well, you know what we're going to start football in three weeks time and if you've preempted france then you know you're in the money so yeah it's one of those things that i think i'm just going to steer clear of honestly i'm i'm personally just from my perspective i'm not going to sit there and stress about reading newspapers and looking who's going to come back first and get into them and then jump out of them and then do this and that 
I'm just buying a bunch of at the minute. Um, I'm just buying a bunch of young, exciting potential PB players from around Europe. That's what I'm at. Yeah. Again, it's um, about the enjoyment. So if you enjoy reading up on the the politics of football, so to speak, and all that, then go ahead. That's your edge. If you like watching montages of great goals of young players on YouTube, then you know look at the young players that you could find over the next six weeks or whatever until football comes back. You know, make it enjoyable for you. Yeah, and if you like st- touching yourself to the sound of my voice in this podcast, I mean that's okay too. Um, <laughs> that's not completely. I don't know where someone. Um, I think it's Advinculus Index. I think that's how you pronounce it. He's on the forum. He's also on Facebook now. I think, and uh, he sent me a screenshot there from the the ticker of someone whose name was High Wide and Horny. <laughs> Do you know? I mean, well, I, I've made a post like I can get behind that banter. Do you know? I mean, I'm asking all my listeners. That's good lad banter, to be fair. Some, you know, of, like, some of the ladies in the community mightn't appreciate, but <laughs> I know. Yeah, sorry to who is it? MDJ Buzz uh, FIJN. That's another one who's been pointed out to me. They're very, few and far between. That's another thing. I want some ladies for the podcast. So if there's more of you out there, please reach out. Um, but something I'm making, I'm calling you all to do it now. Go onto your phone, open up Football Index, go into your account details. It really does not matter to you what you call yourself, let's <laughs> be honest. I mean, it really doesn't matter. Change it to high, wide and something. It's a bit of a market employee for me, you know. Get those people who haven't heard of the podcast, who are on the ticker, and they keep saying high, wide and fucking high, wide and hungry has bought something, <laughs> or high wide and fat bastard or high wide one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. just anything just uh high wide and something go on do it for me like even if only three years there it'll be funny uh we'll move on dan jackknife good lad dan gives us questions every week he has got food stock questions we'll get to them but first up which fi i don't know if you have anyone or if like you follow anyone um but if you do he's asked which football index traders tactic do you find fascinating um well I seem to find on Twitter these days, you know, back in the day, well, in my two years anyway, you know, you used to see a lot more of people just, you know, screen recording and putting up their whole portfolio and having a flick through and seeing who they've got and how many shares and things. You don't see that as much now, but, you know, kind of, I kind of like either, well, find it interesting anyway, you know, probably between Don, who, you know, people call him the, the match attack collector or whatever. Um, Stamp collector, is it? Yeah something along those lines you know <laughs> something like he collects he's, fucking he's got so many players you know probably people think with you know only however much i have in to only have to have 55 players is probably quite a lot but then i also find it interesting that experiment that you were going to do you know trying to make your portfolio as small as possible because you know especially during the double dividends there to see some people and you know they put up a screenshot of their transaction history and to see them you know with their 1000 shares getting 100 quid into their um into the cash balance through dividends i was like oh my goodness like if i had that much money like just coming in i think it would be crazy obviously don's got the best of both worlds because he's got about a thousand in each of those players but you know probably either the people who have hundreds of players or the people who have you know very few interest me a lot mm. yeah that kind of constant battle something we touched on earlier in the pub but yeah it is i think like dawn great lad i've chatted to him um wonder what he's like though do you reckon he's like a real hoarder do you reckon it's, it's actually quite a depressing scene where his house is just full of like really like old rubbish and dawn's the type of guy who went out at the announcement of coronavirus and bought every single type of toilet roll three of and he bought every single type of firewood and like milk and like well no, milk's milk's perishable he's cans. pot noodle flavors 
Dawn's been eat Dawn's gonna be eating beans for six months. <laughs> um, anyway, I mean this in, in good faith. I, mean, I like Dawn. Uh, Josh Brown has asked, "Do you have any other alternative investments other than football index or footstock?" And just to just to clarify, because I know this has been an issue recently uh, for some other content creators, football index is gambling, not investing. Yes, there we are. Very true. Um, but I suppose a lot of it does carry over while it is gambling. Um, um, not particularly. I dabbled a bit with trading two one two before I found football index. Um, you know, didn't really connect with buying gold and buying companies footballers is much more my thing when that came about um and i suppose the only other one is i've dabbled with sports stack but again haven't put a, haven't put a lot of money or a lot of time into researching it and again it's kind of just faded with the lack of football and it's probably in the back of my mind for the next while so apart from that no i wonder do you know like sports stack something i never really tried because they didn't have an irish app um but I've tried Footstock and I've tried Football Index, obviously. Um, but Sports Tag I never tried. And then I was just about to try it and then football stopped. <laughs> I mean, Football Index and Footstock, well, Football Index by nature stayed pretty current with media and whatever. Footstock have been incredibly innovative and yeah. creative to keep Footstock ticking over, yeah, which we'll I find very impressive. That later. On with that. <laughs> um, but Sports Tag, have they just died a bit for now? Well, are they obviously, obviously with no football, um, I don't know, I could go onto the app here, but I don't think anything's happening, and I haven't seen anything on Twitter, so... Neither have I, unless it's kind doing of concerning, it. I suppose, for them. Let me see. Sorry, I'm just going to open the app here and yeah, see if there's too. any sort of notification, or... No. Oh, I need to log in again. The last thing you have is those Champions League games, and that's all it says. Oh, yeah. and I actually have more money than I thought I did. Yeah, there's nothing there. So. Fuck that. You know what? That's terrible for like a startup. And I mean, as much as they're a competitor of products we love or whatever, they're all very different. I really yeah. do think that. I agree. And it's absolutely gotten us supposed to see them. They've, uh, maybe they've just, they can, maybe they have the ability, if it's all digital and they don't have a big sort of staff base, to just kind of hit pause on the whole thing and go again. But taking that momentum away from them and all, it's, it's harsh. Um. In terms of me, something I always do is I never answer the questions myself. <laughs> I don't know if people want me to, though, do you know? I'd probably answer every question a million times over the course of the podcast's life, but do I have any other investments? A house doesn't really... Does a house count as an investment? Or is that just buying your house? Well, I suppose. I bought a house a few years ago. I live yeah. in it. Um, <laughs> a living investment? A, <laughs> yeah. Um, other things are liabilities like my car is not an investment it's an asset but it's a fucking depreciating asset that I've, I've got yes. it I bought because I bought it well, before I found for believe the it or not I bought my car a week before the whole COVID-19 thing started so I'm sitting there with a car out that's got 400 miles on it because I haven't been able to drive it anywhere you're you're like a 17 year old again you're out there like reversing it into the driveway and then like driving it out and doing like three point turns and stuff just to drive your fucking new car <laughs> literally i went and you know to make sure that you know brand new car don't want anything to go wrong with it so you know going out every couple of days turn on the engine just for five minutes to keep it good because yeah. you know i bought a I bought a banger to get me through uni and then i thought oh coming to the end of uni you know hopefully be getting Treat a yourself. job full-time next year you know get myself get myself a nice car to keep me going you know don't want to be driving up in my 2009 Renault megan with a hundred and 45,000 miles on it 
um, yeah. to job interviews and things. So, you know, nice Carl set a good impression. Of course, then, you know, sign the papers, pick it up, and then a week later, the the world ends. And you're not allowed to drive it at all? No. That's sick, <laughs> um, FI Headhunter, what FPL techniques or tactics, if any, have you successfully applied to Football Index? And do you think if you've been good at FPL, it translates to you, it translates to you having a decent shout at being good at Football Index? Yeah, well, um, obviously FPL, as with most people, I've been doing it for as long as I can remember, really. You know, back before I was 18, using my mum's email address to get my <laughs> fantasy football. Um, last season, I had my most successful year ever, um, by quite a long way. I actually finished 536th in the world. Jesus Christ. Yeah. That's unbelievable. Um, Did you win any, like, were you in any paid leagues? Did you win anything for your effort? No. Second. Uh, well, I won a rugby club league, got like a hundred quid, so oh. I suppose. Better on the kicking the balls, like yeah. Uh, somehow, five hundred thirty-second in the world, even though Northern Ireland is such a small place, second in Northern Ireland. <laughs> second in. Got second in. I remember last day of the season. I think I think I had well, it was either Salah and Mane, and you know the way at the end of last season, both of them shared the golden boot with a Bamiang. Mm. I think whichever one I didn't have scored and the other guy that won Northern Ireland had him and I didn't have the you know that way and it just worked out <laughs> so I was happy Absolutely. for Liverpool to win on the last day of the season but yeah, yeah. then when I looked at FPL later and realised that was the reason I'd finished second in Northern Ireland but um, back to <laughs> Headhunter's question I suppose a um, few things I thought about last night so um, as I said earlier those fixtures looking six to eight weeks ahead you know if you're thinking a week or two ahead in fpl you know with such few tra- transfers that's really going to kill you so that longevity approach you know in fi i say i'm looking for you know two or three good fixtures in a row kind of that 68 week mark um, and then everything anything that happens in that build-up is all a big plus so obviously in fpl you're looking at all of those fixtures so that was just something that took a little bit of adjustment. Um, I suppose for me, with the limited port uh, size, probably links to your limited transfers in FPL. So, you know, you've got one or two transfers a week, depending on whether you save them up. And for me, um, you know, with a limited port value, I've got a limited amount of money to move about. So that money is valuable to me because as a poor student, <laughs> you know, two grand's a lot of money to be shipping about in footballers yeah. but um you know taking that sort of you know care with my transfers and you know turn that into my trades of course um this year when i've been focusing more on fi i haven't done quite as well on fpl i think i'm still you know 50k worldwide when it stopped but which is pretty good but obviously not as strong as i did the year before and then obviously the final thing is probably the focus on the goal and the assist obviously the big things in fpl um obviously important to fi traders because of ipd so if i'm looking 68 weeks ahead anything i can get golden assist wise in the 30 days from when i buy is a is an added bonus so you know um obviously if you're looking for fpl assets you're looking for lots of golden assists week in week out um obviously to get those ipds in you're looking at similar approach in um fi now the thing i would say is um for fi obviously um i would say probably the premier league market is slightly 
overinflated compared to the rest just mm. with you know it being uk centric and the media and the center of media dividends um so i tend to find my value elsewhere you know if we're talking about comparative value if you're looking at a adp player you know you're probably going to get a better fi asset asset for adp in the Serie A than you are in premier league just because you know with everyone playing fpl you know everyone knows about the john lundstrom's of the world mm, and exactly even though he's valuing fpl because he was four million you know obviously in fi if people buy his price goes up so um his ipo price was 120 or something yeah, was it they, they knew that i suppose i suppose if you know how big fpl is and i suppose maybe fi were working into things you know maybe newspapers will start writing about fpl you mm. know outcomes and teams and tactics like i know the athletic talk about it a bit um they're obviously a paid site but you know if that well certain ones probably don't because they've got their own fancy football things um but you know if they maybe anticipated people talking about lundstrom because of fpl in the media and didn't want them you know out for 40p different things like that so yeah yeah you never know when move on just based on time there and we fly over a couple because i want to give yep. foodstock 10 or 15 minutes at the end here we'll keep this one i said this last week to stanford it's a similar question someone's asked what mr doe what single player would both of you put 11 grand on it sounds like mr doe has 11 grand that he wants to put in a single <laughs> player like it. so for just to answer the question who would it be we'll, we'll keep it short and snappy just to move on you could you can elaborate a little bit if you want but Everyone else, sorry by the way, listening, understand there are massive disclaimers here. Yeah. <laughs> this um, is just answering his question. For me, it would be Alexander Isaac. Yeah. I wrote a little bit about him a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, great great forward, you know. Has really found his feet at Sociedad, still isn't getting all the minutes that he probably deserves for his form. But, you know, he killed Real Madrid in the Copa del Rey and things like that. I think he's just a great talent, you know, kind of that under-23 mould. You know, looking six years ahead where he could be compared to where he is now is light years ahead. So I think he's just great value for the future. Good shot. Good shot. I'm sorry, I'm looking through my port here thinking like, geez, if I had to put it in one of these, who would have picked? <laughs> and my portfolio is booming. Proper booming. Something might have happened while we started recording. Honestly, like, I can't exaggerate to you how much it's booming. Um, everyone's up. Massively. Anyway, um, if I had to stick it all on one player, due to risk, I'm going to pick the one that I feel has the lowest downside. So it's going to be lower into the market because I think people higher up could potentially drop more. I know percentage-wise, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, someone who I clocked yesterday, who I just don't feel has a lot of downside... This sounds like the biggest pump of the century. <laughs> but it is the question Danny Mr. Doe asked. <laughs> Daniel Pareo. <laughs> no. Um, and this is a, this is left field. And this is just answering the question in the wake of recent buys. Disclaimer, disclaimer, disclaimer. If I had more time to think about it, maybe someone different. But a player who I really like the look of at the minute is Dennis Buanga. And okay. out of nowhere, I know, but I'm looking at his peak price i'm looking at football coming back i'm looking at scores of over 200 i'm looking at 25 years of age 26 years of age or something 
potential for a transfer. I don't know. Um, he could be a terrible shout, by the way. But it's just who I would, my my most recent buy, and I, the way I try to do recent buys is, if I had to put this money on anyone in the index, who would it be? And he was my most recent buy. Um, so that's why I'm saying him. Other than him, the the buys around him. I mean, you can pick any one of them. I like Renato Sanchez's price. He's real. I bought him a day or two ago, and he's risen quite a bit. Um, I like. Um, who else is there? I don't want to give any of them that are even remotely dodgier because Emmy Buendia. I think Buendia is a great shout. Yeah, probably got that transfer coming this summer after his just the quality of player he is. Um, look, some of you might completely wholeheartedly disagree with some of them, but fuck yous. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the he. Let's see. Well, I'll go through these. No, do you know? Based on time, we're gonna have to skip over a couple of questions. So, shout out to Index on Jordino Fi and DJ Nice Fi. It's probably some cracking questions there. But just on time, we're gonna move on to the footstock section. So, if you don't care about footstock, you should sign up with the link in my description. Please actually do do that. Even if you don't intend on using footstock now, even if you think, "Geez, I'd never join that," you don't know what's around the corner. You might join if you use my link. I get something pretty substantial. So. Please use my link. Give back to me. Um, so you're you're writing for Footstock every week now. Yeah, well, um, just kind of came up, kind of out of the blue, um, with lockdown as we've been saying. I've been trying to get back into you know writing. I was a bit busy there last term with dissertations and um, placement and all those sort of things. So that kind of just had to sit to the side till I get uni finished, and then um, obviously lockdown, lots of free times in my hands. So. Um, when I saw the announcement about virtual tournaments, you know, just wrote a quick piece about what they would look like, maybe what I'd like to see from them. Um, and, you know, Foodstock were great. They started sharing it on Twitter. You know, they didn't just retweet it. They made their own tweet and shared it out. And I thought that was, you know, really good. So sent a wee message saying, you know, thanks for sharing it out. Glad you guys enjoyed it. You know, if you'd like me to write anything for your website, you know, trying to get my name and things out there you know be more than happy to do it and then heard from james who i think's in charge of their um i think he's in charge of their marketing and all those sort of things and then he was like you know we used to have someone do a weekly piece on a tuesday or a wednesday would you be interested so um started one of those um you know wrote an article for their website this week on the different areas of the scoring matrix so maybe if you're not on footstock already you could have a read at that pick up you know what makes a good footstock player what kind of stats are you looking for um you know just get your just get your foot in the door so took a wee opportunity when i saw it and you know hopefully it'll be a good partnership going forward absolutely well we're looking forward to next week's um next week's article so this will be out on monday a lot of people might be listening tuesday wednesday go look up fi guru and you'll find it or footstock and you'll find the the the, the article Dan Jackknife, his second question is, which footstock traders tactic do you find un- interesting? Do you have any footstock traders who you know about or talk to that you'd know? I wouldn't know anyone um, else's real tactics. I'm sure some, again, like Football Index, some people probably stockpile, some people probably buy one similar, of each. Similar, as I said, yeah. Don, the stockpiler, you know, if you, on the on the Slack for um, footstock, you know, you've got Dan sticking up pl- pictures of players, World Cup Dan. I think it is. You know, he'll stick up a picture of someone in his collection. He's got thirty-five Bruno Fernandez's or something, and you know, you think, <laughs> "Wow, <laughs> yeah, I must just be free pickings throughout." Whereas, similar to Football Index, small portfolio size, kind of have to manage what I've got, and yeah, so I find just different people's points of views very interesting. Obviously, if you've got the choice of any player that you want for the free rules, for the pros, 
uh, which I typically stick away, stay away from. I'm always put something in the free rules, but you know, uh, I tend to stick more in the uh, beginner tournaments just because that's where my portfolio size is at or collection sizes, I should say. Mm. The which platform is harder to master for you is the second question. Which platform do you find harder? Um, for me, I would say football index is probably a bit harder. Obviously, I was there just about a year before, and um, so I had a year's experience before I found food stock. But I think, um, if we're looking at gambling or you know games, so to speak, um, an investment platform, football index is definitely you know more along the investment sort of lines. You know, especially if you're going to order books, which I know food stock have in some sort of uh, way. But you know, football index is really eyeing up those proper trading accounts it is gambling but you know you do hear people call it an investment a lot whereas with my background growing up you know i used to love fifa ultimate team you know i don't know if you ever heard of it but tops kick used to have an app where you could like open packs and collect cards and you know play I've games heard and of stuff. that never and you simulate the games or something do you yeah something along those lines so all pretty similar and then that's just you know being an early 20s fella you know when you can find your love of trading on fifa ultimate team and you know actually make real money from it yeah exactly <laughs> you know, my fiance my fiance always just say you know like why you spend hours opening bronze packs on fifa you know why can't you make some money from it and then you know actually that's how i kind of got my made most of my money on foodstock was the old 100 uh, card bronze packs i think they cost 60 60 pounds but um, back at the start of the season, Mason Mount, Callum Hudson Adoy were all one star players, so they came up in those packs quite frequently. Um and you know, were worth twenty quid. So, you know, you got one of those in a pack or you got both of them, you know, you'd made most of your money back. And I suppose that's why I have my one star, two star massive collections because um I was opening hundred bronze packs whenever I got the sixty pound in my balance. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's that's unreal. I think football index is probably harder to master because I think it's much more complex. I think for stock, yeah. while learning the the actual which buttons to click and how it works, I think the actual game itself is much more intuitive and much easier. And there's less nuances and little caveats to things. It's much more just yeah. It's kind of like fantasy football. You enter players in, best team wins money. Yeah. Buy player cards, you keep them forever. I mean, I just think <laughs> it's a bit simpler. Um, but yeah. that doesn't mean that it's. I don't know I suppose being simpler is a good thing as well do you know I think yeah. football index should be a bit simpler and I think a lot of their we're not going back into all that shit but like the media thing and why but why is he worth more because he's from United and but what about him yeah. he's this and yeah I think it's it's more complex football index anyway you know footstock you look at values and you know we were talking about this the other day you know what's going to make someone's price go up oh they're good on the roulette or that get some good scores in uh, tournaments you know you've got those couple of basic things whereas as you say in football index you've got all the different things that carry into value you know six years down the line as we've been talking about you know as you say you know potentially united bias like why is mason greenwood more expensive than ansu fatty even though they've got a similar probably trajectory to the top you know just those little different things that make it a bit more complicated and it's probably good football index has a bigger community on twitter because you know you need those probably people out there to answer questions that 
if you're inexperienced, you won't know. Like, we both talked about our first buys, and we would literally put money in and put a put a buy in on people that were playing that night. So, you know, how different is it going to be for people joining in now when now those prices, as we say, you know, I was buying trend for two pound and three pence, whereas now seven forty two. You know, if you put in, I put in a tenner. If I put in a tenner, I'm really going to look at trend. You're going to look at the next trend. That's what you're going to look at. Yeah. You're hoping anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, the next question is from Foodstock Chat, who I would highly recommend anyone who's at all interested in Foodstock or who has joined yeah, Foodstock. Definitely. Go on to the Foodstock Chat's Twitter and join the Slack channel. Um, why do you think some football index users have so much anger towards Foodstock? What can be done to help them realize there's plenty of room for both? Um, can I just go on that one quickly? As yep, I mentioned this ahead. again briefly last week. I think people, strangely, are very, very. I don't know, protective and almost like it's like a clan mentality but football index. And as I said last week, lads have a fucking podcast. I love it. I wanted to succeed. I'm all about the platform. I've talked to a couple of their employees, they're great lads. I love it. I really do love it. But footstock's completely different. It's not even the same yeah. thing. Yes, some people might put capital into footstock that otherwise they may have put into football index, but it's not gonna be a large percentage of the market. Um and like I don't know, I just think it's like Yes, we all love football index, and yes, we all make money off them, but we don't owe them. Like, we don't owe them anything. It's not like you're an employee. It's not like you own. You've you've actually got a, a holding in the company itself. Like, you, you don't have to hate other companies that are trying to do well. Like, they're sports tech. They're obviously having a hard time. I'm gutted for them. Like, that's that's fucking terrible. Someone trying to make a platform that literally the demographic that we all are and ninety percent of these listeners are. They're trying to make something that'll give you enjoyment and an opportunity to make some money. Like, why, why would you hate spotted that? Spotted a bit of a gap. and Why, why would you well, hate the, that? Yeah, the thing I would say is, you know, as you say, food stock's different, sports stock's completely different. You know, you might prefer one to the other. We're both mainly football index guys. Both enjoy a bit of food stock. You know, just because you're sponsored by food stock and I'm writing a bit for food stock doesn't mean I hate the index now. Mm. Um, but where it probably stems from, I think, is probably how Footstock marketed at the start. You know, every tweet they put out, they would hashtag Football Index. Well, know, yeah, that's fair. It's just that kind of thing where people who were very protective of the product, you know, who'd maybe been on Football Index for a while, just thought, you know, they're trying to take people away from Football Index. You know, they did call themselves a f- stock market, you know, similar kind of ploys to football index and people maybe just did think it was going to be exactly the same obviously we know now or well we know but maybe some people don't that they're not similar at all mm. um, other than the fact that you can buy footballers and make money on them yeah um, that's a fair so, point that I would have like just flew over not even thought of I didn't think of like the earlier days and the more kind of people who whenever maybe football index was a little less robust and a bit more heavily influenced by the likes of what happened on social media yeah. um that would have maybe annoyed you so maybe that's where a lot of the hatred stems from or um, anger as footstock chat says and then thinking as well you know if you look at any other kind of marketplace or any other kind of you know designing companies or whatever you know the best one is going to be driven on by a bit of competition you know a football index see footstock you know bringing in these virtual tournaments or for example sports stacks see footstock doing that and they're thinking okay well you know 
we could do something like that. We could try and improve, you know, compete against each other. Obviously, Football Index is so much bigger than both of the other two put together at the minute. But, you know, they could see what football foodstock are doing, you know, about their customer service, their communication, and they can maybe think, you know what, people actually appreciate that, and we're going to improve that, we're going to work on it. So I think a bit of competition, you know, is best for probably both platforms, mm. or all three platforms, Yeah, in, in some respect. I agree completely. Based on time, uh, trying to keep this towards the hour and a half yep. mark, I hate doing this as well, you know, I, I hate trying to like cut things yeah. short, but... <laughs> Otherwise, we'll be on for 10 years. Um, I'm going to skip Footstock Chat's second question, which is what's your strategy on Footstock? I'm sure you can read all about that either on your articles. You'd get a feel for it or maybe yeah, through probably, your own post. I'll probably write up a bit about that soon. But so. you've said briefly there that just to briefly cover it, um, you, you're you a lot of one and two Stark type cards. and Yeah, very much bottom of the market, beginner tournaments. You know, try and when the market's coming a bit more liquid now, you know, trying to pick out who are those top players that I can use in tournaments and try and flip a few here and there. I rarely keep more than two of any card because I'm trying to keep myself liquid in the market and trying to get all the cards I want. So, yeah, lower end of the market, trying to keep myself liquid. So lots of buying and selling, lots of entering beginner tournaments, looking at the fixtures, those kind of things. So There we are. Well, there you are. I did, we didn't even skip the question. We give you it in a nutshell. Gertie, last question of the day. Uh why do you think the virtual matches have taken off so much better than some expected? This includes myself. He actually had a football index question, but I missed it. Sorry, Gertie. We'll go with a footstock one. Um, yeah, why do you think that they really... I didn't expect them to take off like they did. Um. Well, people just miss football. Like, you know, we're all stuck inside. We can all see ourselves probably getting a bit bigger around the, around the middle. We're just missing that. <laughs> football and urge that every single one of us has because you know we're on a platform like football index or footstock you know we just want to see something competitive you know um you see the amount of people that are betting on the belarusian premier league you see you know people taking part in a championship manager fantasy football league on twitter i don't know if you've seen that one you're seeing people betting the virtual na- like grand national mm. you know i think buzz and paul that- was saying that he was big into the the uh, or not big into but he was doing that virtual like premier league with the historic one yeah like we all have that urge you know i've been sitting and watching classic matches you know you have that urge just something mm. and this gives us a competitive you know way to use the skills we have on footstock or football index and you know i think it's just filling that gap at the perfect time when it was needed you know um, realistically we're probably looking at at least another eight weeks till premier league's back so you know 16 virtual game weeks for foodstock you know yeah if you if you miss it you know it's a virtual game week on foodstock but it's a great opportunity for them i think the community's latched on that well Um, i know they had a few tech glitches well this is being recorded on friday so on thursday night um and just even seeing the amount of people in the Slack chat being like, oh, when are the games going up? Can we see them yet? You know, just to see that kind of buzz around the community was really cool. And I think just brought that community kind of football spirit back into the light. And, you know, what we wait for every weekend, you know. Yeah. You wake up on a Saturday morning wait, waiting for all the football that's going to be happening through the day, whether it's your ACA, whether it's your football index, whether it's Fantasy Premier League. And this has given it to us throughout the week. So... 
exactly if there's ever a time to try it why not now um and just in case you skip the intro where i tell you what you get if you sign up you get like 25 free player cards some of them would be like bonus cards that actually expire but that's to give you a feel for tournaments with premium cards you get some of your own cards and you get a fiver cash balance you don't even need to deposit to get that but you probably get some (laughs) tournament coupons as well like it's actually insane when you think about it. I know. Every time I say, I said every week. I've been saying it for probably like twenty weeks now, and I'm like, every week I'm like, that's insane. How do they do that? <laughs> um, but yeah, I just and why do I think they've taken off so much better than some expected? We've, we've like all the things you said. I I, th- I think maybe some underestimated how much people miss football. Um, it's tough. Like I was watching even FI Bruce Wayne and FI Weathers playing in the high wide and handsome World Cup final. <laughs> And it was like, geez, I was watching it and I was really getting into it, like watching football. Yeah. Weathers, weathers prevailed and won 200 quid's worth of footstock. Fair. I'm so mm. good at him. I'm on Xbox and I know. PS. I know. Would have, would have been all over that. I probably felt, wouldn't have won, but, you know, would have been good. I felt <laughs> like an absolute total having to say no to people, but, like, I was just doing it off my own bat and couldn't be arsed organizing yeah. multiple tournaments. And it's got it's shit about crossplay isn't on FIFA yet. Maybe that'll happen. I mean, it's in COD, it's in Fortnite, it's in yeah. a lot of big games, but... Um, yeah, they won, and Scarlet Football also contributed a decent prize. So did Classic Shirts, and so did Football Index yeah. themselves. So thanks to everyone. Who, a few great, great companies about there. Good yeah. to see them doing a bit while football's down. So. Absolutely, like I was overwhelmed by how much they actually gave me in terms of prizes. I kind of felt a bit yeah. of pressure then to actually do the tournament <laughs> and actually like make some massive nice out of it. Yeah, but um, yeah, no, everyone who was in that group definitely enjoyed it. So that, that I suppose this is a wee summary of that as well. Um, thanks to everyone who entered and all the engagement. Um, look, that kind of brings us to the end, I think. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about or do you want to tell people where they can find you, like where you'd like to be um, found? Well, obviously I've been talking about writing a bit more at the minute. So I've got my website, football-index-guru.com. So you can find me there or just over on Twitter, indexguru. I'll always tweet out everything that I'm writing. Um also just little bits here and there talking in the community and things and i suppose you can probably find me in both slacks now i'm probably more active in the foodstock one because there's just so much goes on in the football index one that you know you go away for half an hour and you miss a lot um so i would casually look through sometimes probably don't talk too much in it um but yeah find me on slack and either of those if you want to send a dm or as i say i'll send out a wee thread in the um in the forum this week and if you want to if you had any questions in the forum or wherever um, go and look for it there very good well look whenever you're going to follow football in our school make sure you look on my page follow me if you don't um, yes. but <laughs> the main reason I'm telling you to go there isn't to follow me it's because there's a few football index gurus about so to make sure you find the right yes. one grab At the one that I've guru. tagged yeah index guru yeah perfect well look Johnny we'll wrap it up there look thanks for your time today um, alright sure thanks we'll very much John for having me on Yes. Yeah.